Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj Show. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get good at these, these podcasts, and I have to say that I wish this could be my full-time job. I get to talk to all my friends and family and just really amazing people, and uh, I actually enjoy doing it. So... The Dr. Raj show is about being down to earth. It's about, you know, talking different aspects of medicine, whether it's going to be the clinician itself, or in this case, we're going to talk a lot about the educational side. Not everyone who graduates from medical school needs to go and see patients 24 hours a day like poor Dr. Raj has to. So today is going to be actually, I'm not going to lie, one of my good friends, and his name is Dr. Eric Shea. And one thing I'll say about him off the bat is that he is very humble. And, you know, usually when you do these podcasts, I always say, send me your CV and send me all these things about you so I could brag about you. I almost had to like, you know, twist his arm just to get some information from him. So maybe 10 minutes before the podcast, Eric sends me something. I want to at least, you know, say some great things about him. One thing is we're going to talk about his love for USC because he seems like he's at USC forever and ever but he is the uh, program director for the USC Internal Medicine Program. He did his undergrad at USC, and we're going to talk about this because he seems to have a love for old people. He did a a major in gerontology, but I definitely want to say that uh, he graduated magna cum laude. And, you know, when you do get a chance to look at his resume, he has numerous research, he has numerous teaching awards, he never even talks about this team. I thought he never even received a teaching award before until I read his CV. And he has like, I don't know, like 20 of them on there. But he's just a really good person. And today we're going to talk about, it's been tough times. And we're going to talk about things that the residency program has gone through here at USC as far as going through COVID-19, going through protests, and just, you know, life in general. So Dr. Eric Shea, I'm going to call you Eric. Thank you for joining the Dr. Ron Show. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks for inviting me. I actually was going to change my cv to just write friend of raj because that's uh, you know the most important thing <laughs> and you know I, I you got it a little shy this morning you actually needed some friends to come on this podcast with you i was, I was a little sad you know yeah, I, I thought it'd be more interesting that way you know kept special guests there, there's a lot of interesting in you there so you know i think that i want to do a little timeline and just i think people like to know where, how did you end up as a program director so First off, why did you go to undergrad at USC? Is it just close by the house? Did you always want to be a Trojan? How did USC uh, become your destination? I, uh, no, no, I, that wasn't my first choice right off the bat. My, uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't think I wanted to go to USC when I first, uh, when I first got in. <laughs> I have an older sister, and she, uh, she was at USC when I was there. She told me some really good things, but uh, I, I actually was... Uh, I, w- I was going to go to that other school. <laughs> you know, you, wait, wait, the one with the LA at the end? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking about that school, or I was thinking about Stanford, but then, um, you know, USC offered me a scholarship, and, and they, uh, they gave me a position in this medical 
uh, baccalaureate MD program. So then, uh, you know, a lot of talk with my too much, too hard to pass up. So, wait, this is going to be interesting because there are many people listening, a lot of med students. So, I mean, did I hear you correctly? It's the, the combo program where you could do your bachelor's, your undergrad, and it leads into med school? Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, yeah. you had to meet a, a certain criteria, but as soon as you hit those requirements, they, they'd, uh, they'd guarantee your spot in med school. So, uh, a lot easier path. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm sure you weren't a slacker in high school, though. I'm sure they don't hand those out like freebies. So, I mean, I think that's an interesting thought because, I mean, what were the pros and cons? I mean, it seems like one-dimensionally, Eric, I mean, if you commit to a program like this, did you want to be a doctor already from undergrad? I mean, that's a good question. I I think what it does is it sort of frees you up to explore a little bit, right? So it takes a lot of the pressure off, right? You don't have to do a lot of science. I don't have to concentrate so hard on my grades. Having this guarantee, knowing that you had a spot saved in medical school, I could really explore different majors, different classes. You know, I took took a lot of history classes. I took a lot of... uh, language arts classes, a lot of things that I probably wouldn't do if I was just, you know, pre-med all the way. So, so let so me ask you this. The, the pro of it, but the con okay. of it, definitely, yeah. I didn't take a lot of science classes in undergrad. <laughs> so my first year of medical school was ridiculously hard. I remember one of my professors saying something like, hey, think, think back to your biochemistry class. And I was just like, dude, what biochemistry class? <laughs> And everyone around me was just nodding, like, yeah, I've seen that chemical structure. And I was, I, first year was tough. But, uh, but, you know, you get through it, so. Well, many people don't know that. I didn't know that. So when you do this program that leads to med school, you could do, there's no prerequisite biology classes that all of us had to get tortured with. You could do communications and humanities, which are good. You could do anything yeah. you want. There's no course science that needs to be done before you go to the med school portion of this? There, there are some basic science requirements, but I, I think they're far fewer than what the normal pre-grad, uh, sorry, pre-med uh, student does. The focus is definitely trying to make you a, a well-rounded individual by exploring the humanities, exploring other, you know, other fields so that, you know, when you eventually see patients, you can hopefully connect a little bit better with them. So no, I, I agree. It was nice. I was uh, definitely able to do that. So that, that, that was a nice thing about the program. So, I mean, you're, I looked under your CV and it said major was gerontology. And I got to be honest with you, I'm sure many people listening don't even know what gerontology is. And I actually went to the dictionary <laughs> to look it up before talking to you. Now, did you always have a passion for helping the elderly? I mean, this is, oh. this is great, Eric. I mean, <laughs> are, you, are you just lying on your CV? I didn't think you're such a, a wholesome person. Where did, uh, where did I'll, gerontology I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. So my, <laughs> I, I actually I came, into, uh, I came into undergrad biomedical engineering. Okay. So, oh. so that's what I did my first year. And like, no joke, it was really hard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds hard. <laughs> it sounds hard, right? Yeah. So then I went kind of the opposite extreme and I was like, I, I've got no desire to be doing this much science. I already have a guaranteed spot in med school. I'm going to make <laughs> cinema. I'm like, I'm just going to watch movies all day long, right? I was like, great, this is how I'll get through college. But, you know, you don't realize that USC's got a really great cinema school, right? <laughs> they do. 
Right. And the, these guys in this major are legit. I mean, they know what they're doing, right? So yeah. I, I was getting killed in that too. So I actually went to my academic advisor at that time and I'm like, look, I, I got this free ticket to med school. I just need to graduate <laughs> from this undergrad thing and I don't want it to be that that hard. And he comes up and like, I think your choices are gerontology or exercise science. And back then I was I, I just like, to be honest, and, you know, don't tell my parents this or anything, but I was drinking too much and doing things like that. And <laughs> exercise did not sound the way to go. Yeah. I'm like, gerontology it is. <laughs> that, that's honestly how I picked the major. It, it, it's been, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think things just work out sometimes. I, I mean, gerontology is obviously the study of, of the elderly and, and aging. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's obviously helped me. <laughs> you know, well, I was going to say, I mean... But, uh, but at that time, I mean, you know, 19, 20 year old me was not sitting there thinking, I want to know everything about aging. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I took it. I'm like, you either had the best crystal ball, like you had the DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future to figure out that this is the way to go in the year 2020, you know, geriatric medicine and all the things you mentioned. But um, you know what else we have, to, we have to talk about? I mean, this is one of my favorite things on my things to ask Dr. Shea list that I don't think uh, many people at USC know that you were a pretty awesome tennis player. Yeah, I, pl I played a lot of tennis. <laughs> now, 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 now don't, it's not as if you're like doing like, you know, after school sports. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you were, you played at a Wimbledon level, right? I mean, I'm making that up. Yeah, I thought I you went to Wimbledon, it, right? You know, you, you, you earn enough USTA points, right? The what, what is that? What is USTA points? Come on. It's, Let uh, everyone know. United States Tennis Association. You, you play in these, you play in tournaments, right? And, and depending okay. on how you do in the tournament, you, you get some points. And uh, yeah, I played a lot of tennis growing up and uh, played doubles mostly. And, uh, you know, we just started uh, winning a lot of small, not that competitive tournaments, but it's a way to just generate a lot of points. <laughs> and so, you know, we qualified to, uh, to play at Wimbledon uh, one year. We got, we got annihilated <laughs> in the tournament, but, uh, but, you know, I got, to go to, I got to go to Europe, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did, how did, I mean, of all the sports out there, I mean, field hockey, swimming, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, how did you pick? Tennis was that? Did well, your parents force uh, you, or did you actually like it? Or? I'm five seven. I'm Asian. I think uh, being in the NBA was not in my future. <laughs> I a lot of basketball. You just start to see that these these six foot two guys who never really practiced could just annihilate me. <laughs> you start to I think get drawn to sports that you could be a little bit better at, and so you know basketball wasn't doing it. It's, uh, <laughs> Well, Not I mean, really I, I don't look at you and say that you're the quintessential tennis figure. I mean, when I think of a tennis dude. Because you haven't seen I me with my shirt off. Oh, oh I, I see. I mean, this is not that type of show, Eric. This is not like an <laughs> NC-17 show. It's a good thing it's not televised live. But, no, I mean, if you ask me, hey, Raj, what do you think of a tennis player? I would think of Nadal. I mean, I'm sorry, but Nadal looks a lot taller than you. A lot more muscular think, than you. you know, but I, I give I you credit, man. I mean, you had to be good if you if you if you are going to Wimbledon stuff. I mean, were you doing it? Were you practicing every day? Was that your passion in high school? Is that what you only focus on? I, I you know I think the nice thing about tennis is it, it's a sport that really every, everyone can play. It, it, it's it, you know obviously there's the Nadal Federer level which is not me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
there's there's the lower levels. But it's a sport that play, you know, any age, any skill level. There, there's lots of people to play with, and and yeah, I mean, it's something that my dad grew up playing. A lot of people okay. play, so I was able to play with uh, family, a lot of friends. So. You know, and, and, you know, I grew up in Southern California, so the weather's always good for it. And, you know, you can, uh, you know, it's, winter's fine, summer's fine. There's always <laughs> a tennis court somewhere. And so, uh, you know, it, it was easy to get into. But, yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to be a uh, Wimbledon champion, <laughs> the, uh, the body type and the uh, the desire and motivation is, is a little bit more than what I was showing. <laughs> well, let, 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 let me play the... Hey, no one, you know what's sad, Eric? People don't probably, I want to mention the name and probably no one knows who this is anymore because me and you are kind of old goats now. Um, there was a very famous Asian tennis player named Michael Chang. And you know what? I'm not saying you look like him or anything like that, but this guy, he Wish won the French Open. Uh, for a very, I mean, you're about the same age. So I really admired him. I think he beat Yvonne Lindell, you know, which was a really big tennis player at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just got to ask, was he one of your role models? And who was your role model as a tennis player? You know, I, I actually met the guy a couple of times. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was, I was able to actually, uh, you know, hit around with him a, a few times. I'm sure not, not that he remembers. But <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, you look. You look at a guy like that, and he's sort of what you're describing. He doesn't have that class. I mean, the guy's fit. The guy's in shape, obviously, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. he doesn't have the height, you know, that a lot of really great tennis players have. But, you know, he had that desire, right? And he'd just go out there and, and, and get it. He'd run everything down. And I, I, I think, you know, that, that, that's a role model for, for really for life, right? Not just tennis. That's true. You've got to be working hard, and you've got to put, put your all out there. So, yeah, no, it was so, great, you know, so. No, that's yeah. amazing. Was it by coincidence and were you a little starstruck or like were you shaking your racket when you try to put <laughs> the ball back to him because it's Michael Chang or what, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I, so, yeah. so first of all, I, I think a lot of these guys, these, these really famous tennis players, yeah, I, I think a lot of them train in Southern California, right? Because, you know, again, the weather is really good for it. But yes. I, him at this uh, this tennis center out in the South Bay, and uh, and we just hit around a little bit, and he hits this drop shot, right, a, a shot right up near the net, and so I run up and I get it, and, and nice. I back, and then he hits he hits the ball back, and I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for the speed that he's playing, <laughs> and so it hits my leg. I like, yeah. I like I can't get it. I can't I can't hit it in time, so it hits my leg, and I fall over, and I'm hurt. <laughs> So bad. I'm like, I, I want to cry, right? And I'm just thinking in my mind, oh God, don't cry. Don't look like a wuss, right? This guy's gonna laugh. So he comes over to me and he's like, super nice guy. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, just on the court. So, but uh, yeah, he's 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 a great guy. You know, obviously awesome tennis player. So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely starstruck when I met him. You know, no, that's awesome. So you went from being pretty awesome in tennis, and then that just kind of faded away in college. Then you got into old people all of a sudden. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then, and you got into old people because you were fortunate enough and smart enough. I want to say it a thousand times smart enough to get this amazing med school bachelor program. So you go to med school, and is it what you thought it would be? Or were you like, you know what, 
uh, I need to change the, the ship a little bit or how did you, how was med school then? Dude, med school's hard. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> no matter where you go, it is hard. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, you could probably answer this, you know, better than me. I, I mean, I don't know. I was, uh, my first two years, I wasn't, I don't think I was super ready for it. I mean, again, I think coming out of this program, I, I you know, I, I didn't study that hard in undergrad, admittedly. So when I, when I came to med school and everyone's just at this super smart, intense level and, 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 and they're nice, people are nice, but, but they're smart, you know, <laughs> and you've got to compete, right? I mean, you've got to pass these tests and everything. And I mean, you know, that's a good thing, right? I mean, you want your doctor to know things, right? No, that's so, true. <laughs> but it's hard. And I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever studied that hard in my life. Definitely when you get to your clinical years, yeah. I think it became a little more appealing for me, you know, actually seeing patients and right. you know, try to talk to patients and figure things out. But I mean, learning all those, you know, biochemistry, histology, all that stuff. I mean, that was hard. So you do this, the, our, the third and fourth year for people who are not med students. That's really you get exposure to many of the different subspecialties. You chose internal medicine. I got to say kudos to you because that's my favorite. That's what I am. So why not surgery? Why not OB-GYN? Why not pediatrics? I mean, what, what shined about medicine? Because that's your life from med school on has been internal medicine. So what, what drew you to internal medicine? I think, I, you know, in retrospect, you could probably do this from a lot of specialties. But I think what internal medicine offered to me was diversity. You know, in okay. that, you, know you, you go into internal medicine and obviously an internal medicine is an adult doctor. But then, you know, you could subspecialize, you, you know, much like you are, you could be a pulmonary critical care doctor and a sleep sure. medicine doctor, right? But you could be yep. a cardiologist, you could be an endocrinologist, you could choose all the different fields. But, but also you started to see that because internal medicine interacted with so many different specialties that it was an easy tie-in to do things like education or hospital administration or something else. And I, I think that largely because I was in this kind of medical program, I, I think that part of the thing they started to ingrain in you was that, you know, being a doctor isn't necessarily just seeing patients, right? That there are other aspects. I mean, I know you do a lot of education, right? I do. For, you know, the community through these podcasts, but also in the medical school, in our training programs. Yep. You do board review all the time. Right? <laughs> you know, I do a lot of board review, right? So yep. there's a lot of, there's a lot of avenues to you know, diversify what you're going to do with your life. And that, that appealed to me, I think, that, that ability to do that. You know? so I think the big question I wanted to ask you is like, you know, many people, a lot of people on the podcast, you know, did their residency and actually go on to do things that are not clinical. You know what I mean? I mean, you said you enjoyed your third and fourth year. You know what I mean? I looked, I looked at your CV. You definitely were a clinician for a while. I mean, how... I mean, but ever since we became friends, it's been what, six, seven years now, I've always seen you more as an administrator. I mean, what made you not want to see patients? What made you feel like, do, I mean, everything is important. We need all aspects of medicine. What drew you away from just seeing patients and being at the bedside? This, this I, I think my career path sort of just, you know, fell into my lap for, for lack of a better way of describing it, I guess, you know, so after I finished my training, I, I joined USC, right, to be, right. Like, to be on staff here. And I was a 
primary care doc at first. I loved it. I loved having my own patient panel, getting to know my patients. Um, but at that time, the hospitalist boom was happening. And so the then chief of medicine was like, hey, you, you know, do you mind splitting being a half-time hospitalist, half-time primary care? And I was like, this guy's my boss, right? I'm just going to do what he says. So, uh, <laughs> you so I was like, you sure. <laughs> right. So I was like, I'll do it. Um, so I did that. I actually started to really like hospital medicine. And I think the one thing that I, I started to do a little bit more with hospital medicine than outpatient was I was really exposed to the residents and the medical students. Okay. Not, not that, you know, I was there and I was like, oh, I love it. This is where I'm going with my job, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. But I did enjoy it. Um, and then stuff just started to happen. Um, someone who was one of the associate residency directors, he retired. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really express a lot of interest, but someone was <laughs> like, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. Um, and, and then I think once I was in, I, I started to like it. I, I think so it wasn't anything that I planned, but you know, I, I, I liked teaching, you know, junior learners, basically people who are struggling with things, especially I really liked, you know, that. Um, and I think a lot of it stems from the fact that, I mean, honestly, I, I, I struggled in my first and second year of medical school. And, and, so and that's good. I mean, it's yeah. good that people know that, that, you know, being yeah. successful, definitely there's a pathway that you have to go through. You know, that's not always going to be chock full of successes. And I, I do love your theme so far, Eric. All the good things that happened to you so far just kind of kind of fell in your lap a little bit. You know, like you did. That's how I met you, right? I mean, it's just and random. That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I, 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 I think sort of the, you know, when, when you start to talk to students and, and mm -hmm. your learners and stuff like that, and, and that's sort of. Look, there's no one path for everyone, but I will say that, like, I, I think an important lesson in life is to just work hard and do your best. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and that's what, you know, that's what I, I think that's what my dad taught me. And I think that's what you try to do at every step. So, you know, opportunities come up and people are going to want to give you those opportunities if you're working hard. And, yep. you know, you're doing a good job. Right. And I mean, I mean, who goes to medical school to not see patients? I don't know. I, that's all we talk about in medical school. You see a bunch of patients, right? And, and I mean, that's a great thing, but certainly a lot of us do other things, right? No. And, yeah. And I don't know that we all just seek them out, right? Because I, that's all I ever talked about in medical school. How many patients am I going to see? You know, what, what kind of patients? That kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, definitely I think this education path sort of, you know, you know, opened the, the door opened and, and it was something that I liked. So, you know. Well, you know, I think that a lot of the audience that watches this show, listens to the show, you know, are going to be future med students, future residents, you know, and one of my favorite conversations to have with you is always going to be, you know, the, the do's and don'ts of applying for residency programs and, and the skill, you know, when, you know, if you apply for residency programs, of course, you know, there's, there's, you have to work hard and your scores that we look at. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the changes in what we call the United States Medical License Exam. But um, let's talk about the interview process. You know, I think that's a, that interviewing is a lost art. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I guess, I mean, I know we're just kind of jumping into it, but I want to make sure I, I cover this is, you know, any, any, any broad tips that when you have is let's, let's be honest. Uh, a lot of people love Southern California. And whether they're not telling the truth, they love USC or not, 
how many applicants did we get last year in the uh, for internal medicine? We got about twenty two hundred, just, just under that. So about. Well, I can't curse on here, but holy crap! I didn't even know we got that many people. That's so I mean, and so the question is, is like you know. What for those twenty two hundred people, not including the people who are applying? What what are some broad tips you want to say for these individuals for the interview process if they get the interview? Yeah, I, I you know the interview is a big deal, right? Okay. And I, I mean, I, I think that different different levels require a different type of interview, right? And I, I mean, you know, I think you haven't gone through this, Raj. I think you would agree mm-hmm. that. You know, when you interview as a student, it's different than interviewing as a resident. It's different than interviewing as a potential fellow. Correct. Yes. I I think the big thing about a residency interview is to realize that you're not in you're you're interviewing for something that's no longer school, right? You're you're interviewing for a job. I I mean, I I realize it's a it's a training job, it's an apprenticeship, (laughs) that kind of thing, but it's a job. Right. And so you got to take it, you know, it's different than when you're a student, right? Because, you know, we treat the students different than we treat the residents, right? We do. We do. And so I I think you've got to go into it with that mindset that that you're going and this is going to be work. And then I and then I think, you know, I, I think it's always important when you interview to kind of think about what the interviewer is going for and stuff like that. I mean, as the program director, of internal medicine, when I'm interviewing someone, I'm basically looking at them and I'm trying to think, does this program and do I have the capability of making you a good internist and then getting you into the career that you want? Because, okay. you know, I can't, I, you know, it's, it's not one size fits all, right? All programs mm-hmm. are a little different. You know, for example, here at USC, we have a, we have a safety net hospital, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, um, you know, we have some strengths, we have some weaknesses, just like every other program. Yeah. And, you know, if you're all into those strengths, and that's what you're about, then that's, that's going to be great. And that's something that I can help you with, right? Okay. So, so does this program fit? Does that program fit? And, and, and you've got to figure that out as well. I think some people come into the interview, and they're just, you know, they, they're, they're not speaking their truth. Right. So, okay. You know, they read about USC and they're like, that's what I'm about. I love safety net hospitals. I love everything you do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm <laughs> like, look, you got to find the right place for you. So, I, I mean, we, we both should be as honest as we can be. You know, so, let me I, ask I, you some, really let me give you some, uh, some direct questions that I've heard, you know, people ask me, and you're probably the better person to ask is I'm interviewing for internal medicine. Should I mention that I want to be a cardiologist? I want to be definitely. an endocrinologist. Definitely. Is it worthwhile giving the broader picture at, at that time? Definitely, definitely. I, I, I think if that's your career, look, if I figure that out on day two when, when you're here, and, and mm-hmm. let's, just say, let's just say I had no ability to make you a pulmonary critical care doc. Let's just say. <laughs> okay. I mean, we obviously, we, we send a lot of people into that field, but. Let's say I just couldn't do it, and, and you didn't tell me that coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're both going to be pissed off on top day two, right? You're not going <laughs> to okay. get what you want, and I can't help you. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think you've got to be honest with those things, right? Who, who are you hurting by being honest, right? Now, 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 let me be devil's advocate. I mean, Eric, I mean, now, I thought the better move, and that's why I'm, I'm talking to the pro right here, is to really focus on the task at hand, saying, I want to be the best internist, you know, versus, you know, wow. trying to say that you're going to be the best hemonc doctor. Now, now, 
it's obviously you have to know your interviewee, know the interviewer, but if someone had to take a take home message, would you say what you said, just be truthful up front, or is it more like maybe well, look, keep look, it to yourself until they ask? Truthful to a degree, right? I mean, there's gameplay here, right? I mean, if I asked, if I asked you, who makes the best pulmonary critical care doc? Who makes the best sleep medicine doc? I, I mean, I think you wouldn't be lying if you said, well, the best pulm crit docs are the people who are the best internists first. So, oh, I, I, so that's, that's the gameplay, right? Of course. That's the yeah. gameplay. It's that, yeah, I want to be a pulmonary critical care doc, <laughs> but I know that the best pulmonary critical care docs <laughs> were first the best internists, right? right. So, and, and I mean, to some degree, it's the same thing that I was saying before. I mean, if you work hard, at every step, at every stage, then, you know, you're going to get what you want. But, you know, look, every, every school has strengths and weaknesses. Every program has strengths and weaknesses. If you want to be a cardiologist, you want to go somewhere where they make a lot of cardiologists, right? <laughs> no, so. It makes perfect sense. Now, what about, what about this scenario? You know, after every interview, I'm sure you always say, do you have any questions? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's standard. Now, many of these interviewees, are tired. You're the last interview of the day. Everyone, ha I always tell them to like prepare some some questions. Yeah. When it when it when someone like you asks, do you have any questions? Let's say they really don't. Is the rule of thumb is just make it up because it you up. should, or do you or do you actually find the honesty factor? Like, oh, I'm good, Doctor Shea. I'm pretty tired. I already know the answer. I'm good. Well, is, there, I, is there a, I, a generic I, I mean, answer? You, 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 <laughs> You got to be honest, but you, you got to let legs that you got to gameplay too. And I mean, yeah. always keep something in your back pocket, right? There's always something more you want to know about every, any program, right? And mm -hmm. for, for lack of a better term, I, I mean, this is, you know, it's like speed dating, right? It I, is. I, I mean, if you don't uh, show some interest, then this mm -hmm. speed dating thing, we're not going to connect, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you, you show interest by like, I'm like, do you have any questions? I mean, you got to ask a question. Now, now, the crazy question, I, th I think, and you know, this yeah. might just be, but I think the crazy question people always ask is, well, why don't you tell me all the negatives about your program? And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> hey, hey, we're speed dating here, right? <laughs> well, are you going to go and tell you all my bad stuff? I mean, this is like, like, not, not going to work. That's not what you do. So I, I think that we all know that a good interview works when the, you, you know, you've done some interviewing for the residency program and, and you know, for the sleep medicine yeah. program, I know. And it's like, a lot of it's what they say, but a lot of it's the feeling that you get too, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. why are you trying to make me feel bad? <laughs> why, why are you asking me all my bad stuff? <laughs> I'm asking you your bad stuff. Don't ask me my bad stuff. Right? So uh, let, me, let me ask you, uh, I mean, a personal question, you know, so, you know, we all look at different things, you know what I mean? I think for me, it really makes, it's important that I get along with you because yeah. you're going to be my fellow, my resident, whoever it is for, for quite a long period of time. We're talking years, you know? So... I like conversation like we're having now. I like to know you. Now, that not may, may not be the best advice for people who are applying with these 2,000 people trying to get this slot. Would you say, be yourself and talk about life and the movie you saw last week and what's going on, or should you focus with the task at hand, which is, let's talk about the research USC has. Let's talk about what research I did. Let's talk about medicine, medicine, medicine. Well, what, what do you like? Do you have a, a broad answer for people applying I, I, to uh, a residency program? I, I think that then answers, the, the answer to that question is tricky, right? And it's, to some degree, it's, uh, it's kind of the skill you learn in medical school as a doctor, right? Is that you, you've got to read the situation to some degree, right? Yeah. 
you know, it, it, being a doctor is a lot about is, is often more about EQ than IQ, right? <laughs> and, and, and some of the ways that we set up our interviews, right, is that, you know, you, you come in and you, you go to a program and you usually interview with multiple people. Well, one person's probably going to want that stuff. The tell me more about USC. Tell me more about the research. Tell me more about yourself. Mm-hmm. And another person's probably going to come at you with like, well, just tell me about you. What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Yeah. And you've got to know how to handle that situation, much like you're going to have to know how to talk to patients. Right. Yeah. So to some degree, we're testing that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm like, hey, what's your hobby? And you're like, oh, let me tell you about this biochemistry experiment. That I have. <laughs> I, if that really is your hobby, that's fine. I, I mean, I don't know that we're going to connect so well, but, you, you know, I, I mean, there's a time to talk about the movies you like, the sports you like to watch, the books mm-hmm. you've read. And then there's time to talk about science. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the trick here, right? And that's what people are looking for. You've got to be adept at sort of figuring out what you're going to talk about. And, and that could be in the middle of an interview too, right? I mean, some people during the interview, I'm like, hey, you've got this great research project. Why don't you tell me about it? And then yeah. at the bottom of your application, you tell me how much you like the Lakers. So I'm like, hey, what do you think about this bubble that's going on out in Florida, right? <laughs> I, I mean, look, you got to pivot, right? If all that's you funny. can talk about is one thing, I mean, you're not that interesting. So... <laughs> Now, now this is, this is a classic question. You know, when I, when I teach, you know, board review classes, we always joke about this. At USC, you know, um, sometimes you guys take them out to dinner the night before the, the interview process. You I mean, mainly it's just the residents. And, I, you know, I always joke with the students, kind of like, you know, all the residents are watching. Sometimes there could be an attending there. And, you know, what happens is that the bartender or the waiter goes around and asks what you want to drink. You know what I mean? And maybe the residents or someone like yourself or myself, maybe we'll get a beer. Maybe we'll get a gin and tonic. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. we'll, it depends. Then they, they go to the interviewee. And yeah. you know that interview had a, a long trip, a tough day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what, is, well, what is your advice, Dr. I'll tell you what, I, I, I'll tell you what I tell people, okay? <laughs> I'll tell you what I tell people. Because you and I, you and I know that that dinner is part of the interview. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know about you, but alcohol doesn't make me say smarter things. Okay? <laughs> so, so I tell everyone to do this. You know, mm-hmm. you order a dark beer in a bottle. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Because it's a, it's usually dinner. The lights aren't that bright. Yeah. It's a little dark. No. If I get a dark beer in a bottle, nobody knows how much of this I drank. Okay. Wow. And, and I sip it. <laughs> I sip it, but I'm, I'm yeah. probably not even going to finish it, just to be honest. Of course. Yeah. I sip it so that I can be in the crowd. I can join <laughs> in on the fun. Yeah, no, I got to drink too. I, look, I'm not, by no means am I saying everyone's got to drink or anything. Like that. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But, but I do drink. So, you know, I've had, you know, I have a beer every now and then, whatever. <laughs> so, so that's what I would do. I would sip it. I'm probably only going to drink at most a third of this beer. Because this, cause you, and, you and I both know it. It's part of the interview. Okay. This, no, this, no it's, that's a priceless tip. You know what yeah, I mean? Part of the interview. So, and, you know, so and I do that always... and then, and, and you know, and uh, you know, I mean, you can drink, look, drink water. I don't care, but, but <laughs> certainly do not get drunk. Cause we both, you know, we get, you yeah. get that every now and then. And I'm like, <laughs> you, know, like come on. you know, who doesn't know that this isn't part of the interview? Right. But, but you, you know, you love it because I've been, I've been in a situation where, you know, it's been resident, resident attending, then the interviewee. And he, there's a part of that interviewee that wants to order that, that beverage. Oh, absolutely. And right before they say ice water, there's a hesitation. 
and I got this big smile on my face. Well, you know, you know the, the situation is tough, and, and, and I'll be honest with when, when I'm there, like certainly I'm not going to judge anyone for drinking water. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a smart play. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know course. what everyone thinks, and I think some people do judge you. I think some people are like, "Well, no, you don't yeah. like to have fun. You don't like to have yeah. fun. You don't. You don't drink at all." That's yeah. why. I, that's why I do the beer thing. I, I'm, dude, that's a people are gonna love that one. No one, no one's going to actually get all the way up to your beer and be like, how much of that have you drank, right? No one's yeah, gonna look, yeah that's a no-no. <laughs> now, this is, no, this is one of my favorite stories. And I think it's the last story we'll talk about interviewing. But, you know, one of the things that USC does is that um, you guys bring people to a kind of like a morning report, like, kind of like a grand rounds okay. where they can see us in action. And, you know, Dr. Shea has me and all the other subspecialty sits on one side. And there's like, yeah, like yeah, a Scooby-Doo case, come, right? you know what I mean? And, um, and, it, and you show the, the, the interviewees what they're going to get from the residency program. And Tom, I don't know if you remember the story. It was, it was, it was a very, it was um, a whodunit case, you know what I mean? And we have all our residents who have to guess what the answer is of the case. And behind them are the interviewees. And I remember when uh, they were going around the room asking the residents, what do you think the answer is? What do you think it is? It was a tough case and none of the residents could get it. Then out of nowhere, one of the interviewees raises <laughs> their hand. Yeah, I remember and that. there was almost that awkward silence, like, did you just raise your hand? And he signaled for the microphone to come over. <laughs> he had something to say. Yeah. And honestly, my, my, I was getting my heart dropped. Yeah. And, you know, punchline is he didn't get the right answer. And yeah. he spoke up during the during this grand rounds before the official interview. Dr. Shea, any any comments about that for future interviewees? Did he do the right thing? If you yeah, I, 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 I think, baby, raise your hand, you know, <laughs> I, I think you find in in these kind of interviews that, you know, you're always going to go to a conference. Right. We always show you a conference, be it morning report or mm -hmm. didactic or something like that. And. It, there, there's two, you know, it's all risk reward, right? You are risking a lot by sneaking <laughs> up to the crowd. First of all, like, yeah. no trainee got the answer, right? That's the only reason there's still silence. So you're going to raise <laughs> your hand and you're going to take a stab at it. So, so if you play it out, let's say you get the answer right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, what are the residents going to think? Well, who's this clown in the back who's trying to show us up? Right? I, I, I mean, I, you got to remember that, like the residents, this is a conference. Some of them are just nervous, so they, just, yeah. you know, they, you know, they're not saying the answer. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing, and that's if you get the answer right. That's like, yeah. that's that's better if you get it right. Let's say you get it wrong. <laughs> not, not you just you just showed everyone that like. You're brave enough to do this, but I mean, like, you know, you got the wrong answer, you know? <laughs> so I, Look, I don't know any you, scenario where, where this works. I mean, I yeah. can only imagine that if you're like Michael Jordan coming out of college and you step into the NBA and you yeah. annihilate everyone, well, you better continue to annihilate everyone for your entire <laughs> career. Otherwise, people are only going to remember that moment, right? And be no, like, I agree. who's this clown? Right, I know, and everyone's going to want to put you in your place. I, I mean, yeah. this, you know, the 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 big thing you learn about and this is kind of what I was talking about. You know, you're you're applying for a job, yep. Which means you're applying to be part of this team, right? You're applying to be to work with these other people, 
Mm-hmm. I don't want no showboating loser <laughs> on my team. Like a little showboating you know? on the first day. <laughs> hey, I, I, I mean, get to know the other people, get yeah. to know the dynamics. There are times to shine, and, mm-hmm. and that's what we're all about. We want all of our residents to shine and be a star, but like in the context of like you're part of the team. Right? Yeah. And everyone's benefiting from it. So, yeah, no, my, my general advice to, to people on the interview trail is d- don't talk during those conferences. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I like what you said. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. That's right. But, if you, you know, these morning, morning reports, these conferences, if, you know, anyone listening is going to actually apply to USC, they're really fun. I, I have a yeah. blast. And the answers are, are really tough. And yeah, so if you're going to raise your hand, I think the analogy would be like, you better know damn sure, like, mamba out yeah. and just leave after you get that answer. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you better get it right because that's, that's, that's tough, you know? No, I, you know, I, I can see why you like being the program director. Now, a couple things. You know, the, you know I got to tell you, this was supposed to be a half-hour podcast, and I, I didn't realize how much I love talking to you, Eric. You're like, you've now, like, gained so many extra points, but, you know, <laughs> Can you um, do me a favor? Now, would you promise to do another podcast with me? Because I was going to yeah, talk to you. It's a lot of fun. Because I wanted to do one, and I'm going to give a teaser right here. I really wanted to talk about, number one, you know, what was COVID like being the program director? Yeah. I wanted to yeah. talk about, you know, all, all, you know, all the things that were going on this year. It's been such a trying year for you and USC and our amazing residents. So I don't want to rush it in there by rushing these questions. But a big thing was finally talking about interview techniques. But... Can we, can we do this again? Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Let's definitely, whenever you want. All right, thanks, guys. Well, anyways, I hope everyone enjoyed this. We got to talk to amazing Dr. Shea, program director over here. We're going to come back. I'm going to make this a part one and part two because I love being with him uh, on this podcast so much. All right, Dr. Shea, thanks again, and we're going to have you back soon. All right, thanks. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Breidigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. <laughs>